Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopball lakers the following is a hoopball presentation yo 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 Yes, it is Corbin Ford, NBA Today, back at it, playoff edition. How is everyone doing? I've lost track of the days, basketball all the time. I've lost track of the year. 2020 has been a mess. So just know that wherever you may be, however you may be feeling, this is a hoop ball presentation. Check out the fine folks at hoop ball, as I always say, online, hoop-ball.com, Twitter, at Ball tweets. Tremendous content coming every day. Not only do you get the fantasy perspective, which of course is huge, but you also just get great general NBA analysis and team coverage. Podcasts coming out every day. I figured, why not? Let me just run through all the podcasts that Hoopball have as this moment, because they literally come out with new ones all the time. It, it's, it's insane. But on the fantasy side, fantasy NBA today, box score breakdown. DFS today. Today in sports betting. Boom, right? Okay, good. That's four. Not bad. All NBA. Just everything NBA. One, yours truly, Corbin, with the NBA today. Boom. But you also have the Coz and Bruce show. When they get together, it's a magic mix. Make sure to check that out. On the team side, whew, let me take a deep breath. You have the Hoopball Bulls cast, the Clippers cast, the Grizzlies cast, the Hawks cast. That's a new one. Kings cast, Lakers cast. One of our newer ones, the Mavs cast, the Nets cast, and the Pelicans cast. And these are everything you need about your favorite team coming out all the time so make sure to stay up on that you really you as a basketball fan as someone who follows this you it behoove you to 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 do your due diligence and and check out hoopball and everything they have cranking out all the time so definitely make sure to do that now i have to say my absence here what recording this on a tuesday it's becoming out wednesday Supposedly came out the day before, gave myself an extra day, and by me giving myself an extra day off, my computer gave me an extra day off. I decided to shut down. So that was rather unfortunate, but it happened. I think it was a sign of, of, of Corbin to slow down and, 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 and watch the games again and get a, a further uh, holistic view of, of everything going on in the playoffs. And, you know, I took it to heart, sort of. You know, <laughs> I watched the games, and I'm kind of here to do a, a, a breakdown of sorts. I want to have a mailbag this week. But in general, just kind of catching up on more of a reset, if you want, where we were um, before we started. And, and one big thing as far as where NBA today was last week that is different now is that the Milwaukee Bucks are, are no more. Yeah, cue the, the Bucks are gone and uh, there's the Bucks. All these jokes for the Bucks, And, and yeah, they, they, they've earned that because they are eliminated. That is it. No more. Goodbye, Milwaukee. That's right. Number one seed. In the Eastern Conference, the dominant Milwaukee Bucks team is over. As the Miami Heat beat them 103-94 to go to their first Eastern Conference Finals since 2014. And really, the game itself, too long did read version. 
Valiant effort by the Bucks. Not enough offense down the stretch. A lot of lulls. It didn't help that most of the focus on Chris Middleton, who shot 32%, uh, 8-25 shooting. You know, Brooke Lopez kind of picked up some of the slack. Dante DiVincenzo tried to, but when you get 2-for-12 from Eric Bledsoe, 1-for-8 from George Hill, you're not in a great spot, y'all. Marvin Williams, in what unfortunately would turn out to be his last game, yes, he announced the retirement after this game. Put 11 points and 5 of 10 shooting, 8 rebounds and an assist in 20 big minutes for the for the Bucks. but that was really it. Wesley Matthews had 11 points. I mean, that was window dressing for all that we noticed. And ultimately, Milwaukee, as has been the case this series, has not had enough collectively to, to put together and pull through in a win. And it's unfortunate, but that is what happened, especially once Giannis went down and all the defensive focus for Miami turned to Chris Middleton. He, he soaked up the usage admirably. He performed really well. Yeah, his shooting percentage is tanked, but that's going to happen when you have double teams and, 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 and cramping at the nail every time that you get the ball, You know, especially in your in your prime positions. He tried to get the ball more in the middle to, to be able to facilitate better and see the whole floor. And Miami is such a good defensive team that they took him out of his rhythm. Every time he was taking a jump shot, there was hands in his face. Every time he penetrated to the lane, you know, bam out of bye while others were meeting him at the rim. It was hard. Chris Middleton played like the top 20 player that he is. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough, especially when you have a, a balanced team effort from Miami. Six different players in double figures. Jimmy Butler leading the way with 17 alongside Goran Dragic, who dipped into the fountain of youth for these playoffs. <laughs> 17 points for him. Bam Adebayo had 13. Jay Crowder, who's shooting something like 55% from three in the playoffs so far, shot 16 points on four and nine from three. Uh, Tyler Hero off the bench, 14 big points, eight rebounds, six assists playing like a guy much older than his 20 years. Kelly Olenek came and drove that fancy main to 12 points, 6 rebounds off the bench. And, and ultimately, that was just too much. Timely contributions from Miami. And Milwaukee, I, I would say they go into the offseason with a lot of questions, but they really don't. I'm really tired of Twitter and, and really just the NBA community at large trying to get Giannis out of Milwaukee. We get it. It drives content. It drives conversation. We saw this a couple of years ago with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. It, 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 it causes it causes people to come out the woodwork and, and talk. And it's the endless mill of, of content that we need to keep deep, you know, dipping into to, to, to have these basketball discussions and allure. And oh my gosh, where's Giannis going next? And you know, is it going to be the Golden State Warriors? Would it be Dallas? Would it be, you know, Toronto, Miami, Team X, Team Y? He'll probably end up on the Pelicans. That's a joke. But the point being, by all accounts, Giannis has stated that he wants to stay in Milwaukee. Again and again. He came out recently and said, hey, and why recently? I mean, like, just after being eliminated and saying, hey, the road is supposed to be easy. I trust my teammates. We're getting through this together. That doesn't sound like someone who's trying to run away. That doesn't sound like someone who's trying to be traded. He likes this culture. He likes Milwaukee. He's been with them for a couple of years now. He's growing with them. And, and right now, it doesn't seem like he wants to leave them. So why? Why are people just trying to, to, to drive him away? I mean, we get it. I'm asking a rhetorical question. We know why. But we have to stop. Let's just stop. It doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. Now, that being said, Milwaukee has to look in the mirror. You had a chance to retain Malcolm Brogdon. You didn't want to pay him the money that he wanted. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon wanted a bigger role. Whatever the case may be, you mutually part ways. Malcolm Brogdon goes to Indiana. You do not bring in a player to 
replicate some of Brogdon's talent. You go and say, okay, we're going to dip into the well more with Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. We're going to rely on those two more to, to bring us offensive creation, reliable playmaking, decent shooting, whatever the case may be. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo and Pat Connaughton can kind of soak up some of those extra minutes and we'll make it work because of Giannis and Chris Middleton and, and that's our, our hub, that's our nexus and that's flawed Eric Bledsoe's shooting has been down the tanks for a number of years defensively he can still get after it you know at times, uh, he's a, a decent enough uh, facilitator but he's not someone that you want to go all the time if you're going to go by committee you want to have a better committee of point guards, you know what I mean? George Hill He's he's been decent, a better shooter than Bledsoe to be sure. Someone who defensively is competent, but as a playmaker, you know he's he's average. He's not someone again that you want to rely on heavy minutes down the stretch, especially break glass in case of emergency when one of your best players go down. It doesn't make any sense. You could see time and time again over games four and five, the Bucks struggled to generate reliable offense. They would give the ball to Middleton and try to clear out. What all us felt, if that didn't work dump it down to Brooke Lopez. And you know when he goes up to shoot, he's not looking to pass the ball. He's only looking to shoot. And that's fine. They needed someone to at least attempt to put the ball in the basket. You carved with some money that you didn't give to Brogdon to sign Robin Lopez, who was inactive for most of the series. That's not great. Poor management. You're building a contender. That is what you're trying to do. And to have that type of move happen around a player in Giannis, who it seems pretty easy, 3 and D players. Uh, maybe have another shot creator that you can bring in. Even a guy like a Jordan Clarkson would be great for this team. A guy like a Deion Waiters. A guy that can facilitate some, but can make his own bucket. A reliable point guard, or a decent, you know, committee of point guards. Some good defenders. Most of all, floor spacing around Giannis, and you have a ready-made heat for five minutes contender right there. But for the last two years, you've had the top team in the Eastern Conference not even make it to the finals. They're stopping one, uh, a couple games short here of the Eastern Conference Finals this year. That's that's not great. That 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 necessitates a hard look in the mirror for Milwaukee management to say, okay, what can we do here, and where are we going wrong? I, I've stated where they've gone wrong, just not clearly ascertaining the needs to make this team a, a championship contender by like actually making to the championship. You know, actually making it to the finals. Aside from that, by all accounts, they support Giannis socially. They're very aware. You know, the intangibles of of a front office and management group are there for Milwaukee. But the actual, you know, putting your, your where your bread is buttered, getting that part right does not seem to be there. And that's a concern. Maybe not right now. Giannis says you don't want to leave, so you have another year. You can offer the Supermax, see what happens. If he takes it, then maybe you bought yourself two more years. Maybe three. I mean, players we've seen over the last couple of years can choose to eject themselves from a situation literally whenever they'd like. Just signed Supermax, okay, bye-bye. Two years out, Russell Westbrook. Couple years ahead, Anthony Davis, turn it down. You know what I mean? There's other players I can go on and on about. If players want to leave, they'll find a place to leave. So you're always on your toes unless you have a, a committed relationship like a Tim Duncan in San Antonio, a Dirk Nowitzki in Dallas. I mean, we even saw Dwayne Wade in Miami go sour. Yeah, they, 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 they you know, made up later, but we saw how that went. Ultimately, that's a relationship that's going to be ever-evolving. And if Milwaukee wants to stay on the right side of it, they need to make sure that they have the proper pieces, the proper personnel, and the, uh, the proper relationship with Giannis to know what he needs and how they can do that. And maybe that doesn't mean listening to everything the players say. Remember, a couple years back, I remember reading this in an article, Kevin Durant wanted a lot of veterans around him when he was with OKC. 
So Sam Presti acquiesced that decision. They brought in Karan Butler. They brought in Derek Fisher. They brought in Kevin Martin. But all these guys at the time, a little bit long in the tooth, a little bit past their prime, ultimately weren't enough. Durant left anyway. You can do what a player wants to do, but at the end of the day, the players aren't the general managers. So you take your star player's advice, fine, and you also ascertain what you've seen, what that player needs, and yes, you may have to spend some money to do so, but if you're trying to win a championship, that's what you're going to have to do. Simple as that. So Milwaukee has a little look in the mirror. I, I just I just want to put to rest the, the Giannis going anywhere thing because that's not going to happen, and quite frankly, it's foolish to insinuate that it will after the man has come out as often as one will without expressly saying, listen, do not trade me. Listen, I'm never leaving. And I'm sure if you look that up, he probably has as well. So let's just stop. Let's put it to bed. Milwaukee ultimately, very safe for regular season. Very disappointing uh, postseason. After getting rid of Orlando, they, they, they dropped the ball. Miami totally outclassed them. Three of those games with Giannis playing looked like the better team all the way through. Gian- Giannis and the Bucks can blame home court advantage or whatever the case may be. But bottom line, you're the best team in the East. You're one of the best teams, top five teams in the NBA. You have to perform at all levels, all the time. And, and not to have that, you have to look in the mirror and blame yourself. And so that's what the Bucks are going to have to do. All right, y'all. Guess what? Corbin back. NBA today. Hoop ball. I'm throwing out words at you. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to throw one more. My bookie. That's two. I don't care. <laughs> what is my bookie? Y'all already know. But if you didn't, allow me to reintroduce it. Home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. We all love it. That's all you need to hear to start betting today. My book is up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. It's the playoffs, y'all. What are you waiting for? Get ready to start playing. With my book, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. I can't imagine a better combination of that. You bet, they pay, they pay. You win, you win, they pay. You bet, you pay. You bet, you win, they pay. Quite simple. Let's talk about baseball for a split second. Feeling good about your MLB team's chances this year? don't know where they are in the regular season, but I know they're playing. If so, be sure to check out my bookie's World Series Future Bats because nothing shows you believe in your squad more like betting on them before the season's even begun. Taking a step out of baseball, going back to basketball, I can tell you this personally. Show so much faith in your team because I've done it for years with the LA Lakers from 2014-2018. The players that I thought were going to be franchise changers for the Lakers during those years would have you shudder. We're talking Ryan Kelly. We're talking Kendall Marshall. We're talking Wesley Johnson. We're talking Nick Young, Swaggy P, Carlos Boozer. I can go on and on. I can uh, the, the the signs of, of of delusion that real diehard fans can put upon themselves would can really make you marvel. But I'm not going to do that. I, I will digress and continue because why stop with baseball or even basketball? Smart betters are always looking for the future. In this case, that also means sports like hockey and football, even online sports betting, online sports gaming, all of that. I mean the Nathan's. A hot dog eating contest happened a couple months ago. My book is Hefton Bets on all that. There's never been a better time to start exploring that world. So join today. Why not? My book, you match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. A free $10 MLB future wager. So try that baseball uh, odds you've been thinking about. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all together, HOOPBALL, when signing up. That's HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all together. Remember, at my book, the terms are really simple. You bet, you win, they pay. You really, really can't beat that, y'all. So in addition 
to my bookie support for hoop balls also brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming they obsess over the technology the way we obsess over basketball to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience now i have a funny sad story about manscaping but it's really more sad than funny so i'm not going to share that what's the need we're not trying to be depressed here it's nba today we're happy we love this right we're we're optimistic and full of joy and so let's not even have a sad story about someone not looking where they shaved and let's just leave it there that's why these accidents, this is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months, that's a year and some change, perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created. And guess what? They just released it. It's the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge throwing blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. When I tell y'all this is premium, I mean it is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so that you can take a longer shave. The water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and much more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, and let's not forget the charging stand, because you can show your mower off loud and proud with this intelligent design stand, which is also a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. So. Here is the offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0, all together at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. One more time, y'all. 20% off and that very, very good free shipping at manscaped.com. And please, please use the promo code HOOPBALL20. Two real quick uh, news notes. One already mentioned but Marvin Williams announced his retirement after the Bucks loss to the Heat after 15 strong years it is crazy to think that Marvin Williams has been around that long in the NBA it makes me feel old and I'm not even I'm not going to mention my age but it makes me feel old um over those 15 years over 1072 games the most games played of anyone so far in the 2005 draft class uh chris paul is like 50 games behind uh, mostly of course due to injury but he averaged 10.2 points and 5.2 rebounds uh if you remember the hawks drafted marvin back in 2005 he hadn't even started in north carolina remember he was drafted in between uh chris paul but chris paul went fourth and i think um darren williams went first but no, 2005, Darren Williams went third. Ah, oh, let me check. This is why I do the live editing now, just to just to have you guys along with the process. Because I wanted to say Andrew Bug was picked first overall, right, in 2005. Yes, he was. Look at me. Look at me. I'm great. Andrew Bug at first, Marvin Williams second, Darren Williams third, Chris Paul fourth. And then just to round out the top ten, Raymond Felton, Martel Webster, Charlie Villanueva, Channing Fry, Ike Diagu, and Andrew Bynum. So, there you have that. Um... With that being said, Marvin put together a really productive career, especially for someone, like I was about to say before I uh, went to do my research live on air, he didn't even start in his one season in college. But he was drafted from um, Atlanta. This is, you know, high in the tweener era in the NBA based off his upside and what they believed he had with his size, his shooting ability, and his athleticism. And, you know, he did really well. Um for a, a, a person who was kind of labeled as a bus starting out because, you know, he was a very solid role play. He was never a star. Usually when you draft, you know, in the top five picks, you're looking for someone, really in the top ten picks, you're looking for someone who can potentially be a franchise player. And of that, Marvin Williams was not. Marvin Williams was not. But he played a long time. Seven years with Atlanta. Then he had uh, two years in Utah. Six years in Charlotte. And then this last little half uh, a year with Milwaukee double-digit score for his career 
career 36 percent three-point shooter um on someone who you know shot just under three a night uh, a good leader uh, a good vet for the players that he played with someone who uh knew his role and 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 learned and adapted and made himself a skill set that even now he's being used pretty productively by coach Boonoser in the playoffs you know as someone who defensively was a better fit than Ursan Ilyasova who little trivia note was also drafted same draft class as uh Marvin Williams but someone who had the defensive ability but also wasn't taking anything off the table from the offensive end so you know 15 years happy trails Marvin Williams hold your head up high as he said he's been blessed uh, he played really well was nothing but a class act on and off the court and you know we're going to miss seeing you around knocking down some threes. But I mean 15 years is nothing to be ashamed of. That is that is pretty crazy for uh, for a Mr. Marvin Williams. Also NBA news. OKC Thunder coach Billy Donovan and the team mutually agree to part ways. Donovan is out after five years with the Thunder. Uh, the team announced basically they were unsure of the direction that they wanted to go you know coach donovan at his stage in life wanted to make sure hey are we competing are we not uh, it appears that okc wasn't really wed to a particular outcome and you know with that comes a changing of the guard it was he was due for an extension and they mutually agreed hey listen it's probably best for us to walk away but an amicable departure for both sides uh you know during those five years donovan definitely took the thunder through a major transition first with the you know the last season with kevin durant then with the loss of Kevin Durant, two seasons with you know Melo and Paul George, and then the dismantling of that with both Paul George and Russell Westbrook leaving, and then finally getting Chris Paul and other pieces, and you know making a team that was a very tough out for the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, all in all, Donovan went 243 wins to 157 losses. That's pretty good, 60% win uh, percentage with the Thunder. You know, he definitely built them up before he went to OKC. He was with the University of Florida, and he was with them for just under. 20 years, led them to the two national championships, four Final Four appearances, did really well. And, you know, he, he went through a lot. A lot of turnover. Uh, the Thunder were stockpiling draft picks here and everything. And, you know, Donovan was, a little, Donovan was a little unsure as to, you know, the future. He's obviously in it for, for, for the short term as far as, hey, you know, want to build a contender. He's been spent 19 years developing young guys. And now he wants to kind of ride it out with, with, a, with a, a veteran team. And, you know, I think Donovan is definitely a solid coach. Um, he's not the quickest at making adjustments to me. Uh, he also doesn't seem to know how to uh, surround his great players with enough outside shooting to run a capable offense for a sustained period of time. But maybe that's just my own experience watching him in the past. However, he's a very good coach, easily in the, in the in the upper tier of coaches, say top, top 10, 15, around there. And, you know, with a bunch of openings available, you know, Philadelphia, Chicago, New Orleans, other places, he'll, he'll definitely have a shot there, and I'm sure he will be looking to move on there let's jump on to uh, the last game that happened tonight it was between the lakers and the rockets the lakers pulled it out largely behind playoff rondo yes playoff rondo actually it really was he was he was a a dominant piece he was a a very significant piece but it was really largely behind the efforts of lebron james with 36.7 rebounds four blocks four blocks in a quarter 30 points in the first half just a monster game from him and he's now the all-time leader passing Derek Fisher in playoff wins. Then Anthony Davis doing what Anthony Davis does. 26 big points, 15 huge rebounds, perfect support for LeBron James. Those two led the way. And you cannot discount playoff Rondo, who not only got crunch time minutes, but sparked a real good fourth quarter rally. 
and was the first player off the bench with 20 points in a Lakers playoff win since Lamar Odom back in 2009. That was a long time ago, 11 years to be exact, ladies and gentlemen, a long time ago. But let's just run through Rondo's stat line because aside from that, 8 of 11 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 9 assists, another pick 6 off of James Harden for the second straight game, great leadership, playing crunch time minutes, spacing the floor, getting a good tempo, having another basketball IQ guy. I never, I never, I'll repeat, I never lost faith in playoff Rondo. Nope. Not at once. Like, yes, defensively, he's picked it up more than he did last time he was in the playoffs uh, in 2016 with the Pelicans, but, or 2017. But from back when he was with the three Alpha Bulls, remember? Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, man, that feels so long ago. But back when he was with them and, and he beat, you know, two games for the AFC Bulls over the, the Celtics back then, I believe playoff Rondo. Aside from that one-year blip with the Dallas Mavericks in a season I like to pretend never happened for Rajon Rondo, he's been nothing but uh, exceptional when it comes to raising his game up at the highest level, aside from a couple of blips here and there. Game one of this series being that one exception. And honestly, he was coming back from injury. I don't even consider that like an actual knock on him. I'm just saying I don't. But with that being said, that's another guy. And for the Rockets, James Harden pointed on this a little bit ago, they need to stop somebody. LeBron got his very efficiently, 56% shooting. Anthony Davis, same thing, albeit a little better, 69% shooting. So you let your big guys get their way, right? But then, support players. Rajon Rondo, 21 big points. Kyle Kuzma, second straight efficient game, 14 points on 7 of 10. And when he's filling lanes and taking shots within the offense, he's his best self. And right now, he's there. So you're not stopping your main guys. You're not stopping your bench players. Markeith Morris, alongside Rajon Rondo, was the big factor for last game in game two. You have to start somewhere. Harden for the second straight game kind of slowed up down to stretch, seemed fatigued as if the pace is a little too much for him. I'm not one to comment on that, but he needs to definitely step up. That being said, his stat line did look good. 33 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, just short of a triple-double on pretty good efficiency. Russell Westbrook definitely bounced back 50% from the field and from 3, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, but a lot of that damage was done in the first half. In the second half, he kind of fell into some bad shots, kind of had some some uh, a little bit of, of rough turnovers, even though he kept that pretty low. Only 3 for him this game, but that was it. Jeff Green came up big, 16 points, 7-11 uh, shooting. Pretty good game for him. Eric Gordon didn't have the best night. Neither did P.J. Tucker. Robert Covington played well, but he had a nasty collision with, um, excuse me, with Anthony Davis, where he basically ran his, he ran into Anthony Davis' shoulder, and his forearm ran to Anthony Davis' hip, and it seemed like Covington was worse for wear. He was definitely bleeding. He was, you know, squirted out, and, you know, we kind of monitor where he stands right now, but that's kind of the concern there. But aside from that, I mean, even when he got injured, the game was pretty much over at that point. Lakers had already had control of the game, control of the tempo, had a sizable enough lead with enough time left on the clock to really just close it out. It didn't happen. Um, also, red alert, red alert, premier scorer, premier scorer, Austin Rivers, premier scorer, 10 minutes, uh, plus minus 5, 0 points. He was a 0 for everything, actually. 0 for 2 from the field, 0 for 1 from 3, one of those being a 3. Didn't give you an assist, didn't give you a rebound, didn't give you a foul, didn't give you a steal, didn't give you a block, didn't give you anything. Shout out to Premier Score Austin Rivers because I told you guys after that 41 when he said that I was keeping track and so far y'all it has been ugly it's been ugly so what can the Rockets do well first of all you know keep Russell playing within himself at a certain point I saw on, on Twitter Nate Duncan said you know Russell Westbrook had almost been reduced to setting flare screens for shooters for the Rockets that's not great you're, you're a secondary star 
you know, it's James Harden, first of all, and then I'd put you and Eric Gordon somewhere around the same tier. And when neither of you guys are having a great game or when Russell's having a decent game and Gordon's having a terrible game, it, it looks rough. So you need to do that. Second off, you need to, you know, keep some part of the Lakers in check. Their outside shooting still isn't super great, but you either need to stop down their key guys, LeBron and AD, or you need to focus on taking their 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 extra pieces out of the game, the ancillary pieces that step up in big moments, like your Rondo so far over the last couple of games, like Markeith Morris in Game 2, like Kyle Kuzma here in Game 3. You need to focus on something or it'll be a pretty rough out. I still see the Rockets taking another game, possibly two from the Lakers. I think I had Lakers in six, maybe seven. But if the Rockets don't overtone it, they need, they need stronger effort from the top down. And they don't have it right now. So that's something for them to look forward to. They have to look in the mirror, see what they can come up with on Thursday. All right, so tonight, two games. It's ESPN's turn. TNT had last night's games. ESPN has tonight's games. Boston can potentially close it out against Toronto unless Pascal Siakam gets that fire that was lit onto him by Nick Nurse, basically tell him, hey, you need to play better. And if he does that and Toronto gets the same production they've gotten, albeit a little better efficiency from Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, maybe they have a chance to take that game and force a game seven. It's definitely in play, but game six between Toronto and Boston will be at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Then we go to Western Conference. Clippers lead two games to one over the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic has been dominant. I know he's like a top 10, 15 player, top 10 in my eyes, but in my mind, he was almost a top 10 in the way that you say about players that you don't really watch, but you know just because other people say it that you respect. Oh, he's a top 10 player. Just gets thrown around like, oh, I went to work today, or oh, what's for breakfast? It's just one of those things that you kind of toss around, but watching him against the Clippers and watching him all playoffs, Nikola Jokic is a top 10 player. Nikola Jokic is a beast from his outside shooting, his great passing, Rebounding. I mean, defensively, yes. You know, he leaves some stuff on the table. But in general, this guy is a monster. And I look forward to watching him again against the Clippers, who don't seem to have a match for him. Unfortunately, the Nuggets don't have a match for Kawhi Leonard. And when Paul George uh, plays like he can, it's only icing on the cake for them. So we'll have to see how that goes. But game four between that, 9 p.m. Eastern, ESPN as well. Aside from that, y'all, I am out. Take care. Stay cool, as I like to stay safe, frosty. And I'll talk to y'all tomorrow, all right? All right, y'all. It's been a good one, as always. Love talking to y'all. Real quick, five-star reviews, please, or any reviews. Just let me know how I'm doing, how I can get better, because this show is for y'all, right? And y'all are for the show, and, okay, I'm making stuff up as I go. But definitely make sure to check that out. Greatly appreciate it. Hoopball, hoop-ball.com, on Twitter, at HoopballTweets. Please and thank you again. Say Frosty. Take care. I'll talk to y'all real, real soon. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.